Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Senior Living Today. Today, I am joined by CEO of the Ohio Masonic Home, Scott Buchanan. Scott, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me. Um, I know at the Ohio Masonic Home, we pride ourselves on being at the forefront of technology and advancements in our community. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, Scott, I know our community members have experienced the um, importance of our technology advancements at different times during the pandemic. Um, early on during the pandemic, we gave our community members iPads. Can you tell us the purpose for those um, and how do they learn to use them for those who weren't tech savvy? Yes, we wanted to make sure from a social isolation standpoint, we knew the lockdown was going to separate individuals and families wouldn't be able to be together. So we wanted to make sure we stayed ahead of that. So right out of the gate, we went to our purchasing department and had them buy every iPad they could get a hold of. And then we also, from an infrastructure standpoint, are situated where we can increase or decrease that bandwidth anytime we want in all of our buildings. So the connectivity is already there. The infrastructure is built. So we also increased that infrastructure or increased that bandwidth to be able to handle the extra traffic. And then we're able to teach folks and keep them together. What we did with those tablets was put on there every insurance company portal um, to telemedicine that we knew our, our residents had and our, and our community members. We also went and found every virtual tour we could find around the world so folks would have something to do, games and things of that nature. And then we also put different portals, depending on whether they had a Samsung device, an Apple device, or other device, to be able to stay connected to their families. And then if they didn't know how to use it, we had folks run around and teach them how to use it, which really was kind of funny because most of those tablets we haven't seen back. Folks are folks learned how to use it and they're like, hey, I'm keeping <laughs> this thing. I like this. <laughs> so it kind of helped to combat the right. social isolation so that happened during the beginning of the pandemic. That and really introduced sure the technology were, yep. and allow them to be connected and and. We literally had individuals that were connected up until the last breath of their spouse in, in some instances where we gave we gave those devices to other entities, nursing homes that weren't affiliated with us or other CCRCs because a family member might be receiving care there. And in a few cases, folks actually, you know, witnessed the last breath of their loved one in, on that device. So yeah. very, very powerful. And allowing them to stay connected during that tough time. Um, more recently, I know our community members have a new program on their phones called K4 Connect. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that is, how it's benefiting our community members? Yes, K4 Connect allows the community to connect with different facets of our organization between dietary events, maintenance, all types of things, as well as each other. It's, it's kind of a, a really neat tool to allow the residents to connect and create their own environment, if you will, their own. I don't want to use the... Uh, vernacular of those large ones that everybody has on their phones, but it kind of creates its own network. Um, we're also situated where we actually own part of K4 Connect because of our investment in technology. So the way we stay ahead with technology is through Linkage and Ziggler, and that's vetted by someone else. We see that hit our radars, and we have an opportunity to invest in it. So when these companies are successful and are sold off or somebody else comes in and, and buys them out, we also benefit from that. But the real benefit for us is we are able to get to that technology way ahead of everyone else in the marketplace. So we're early adopters with K4 Connect. And as, as you'll find with working with them, they're still developing components. If we have an idea, we can take it to them and they'll, they'll make that a reality. So. so when new advancements in technology are happening in our industry, those are vetted and then sent to you guys to right. review. So that's how we kind of adopt these programs very early Yeah, on. about once a week, I'll receive a an invitation to sit and listen to a technology. So some of them are from a dietary standpoint or activities or 
Um, it can be a little bit of anything. And I might turn that over and kick that to the folks from, from a dietary standpoint to look at if it's a, a tool for them or, and allows us to look at it. And these are companies we're vetting. So on an annual basis, they vet about 1,000 companies, and that gets boiled down into about 100 that we see. And then we may invest in five to six of those. And that's how Embodied Labs, you can go to our competitors and ask what Embodied Labs is, and they have no idea. We've been using it for six years. That's why. We were the second in the state to use it, which allows us to get way ahead of the curve in, in handling what comes to us and the, the ailments that our residents and, and patients are suffering from. It allows us to have state-of-the-art technology in place. Well, since you mentioned Embodied Labs, let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, what is Embodied Labs, and how is it being used to train our employees? So Embodied Labs really creates a sense of empathy for the person experiencing it. So what I mean by that is you embody the person with the disease. And it's we use it mainly for Alzheimer's and dementia care. And we use that with our residents' families. We've used it with donors. We've used it with our own employees and mainly employees out of the gate because we want folks to understand what it's like to be in the shoes of the person they're caring for before they walk in the room. And that creates a sense of empathy for that person before they walk in. So if they haven't worked in our, our industry before or haven't dealt with the different stages of Alzheimer's, that allows them to kind of understand what maybe what that person's seeing and feeling and, and what they're doing. And um, that's, that's done very well for us in creating that sense of empathy for that employee before they walk in. And it helps family members try to really understand what, what the person they're, they've been caring for or, or they're dealing with what they're dealing with. And then some of the programming around that that we, we do in our spaces allows us to reconnect that individual with their family. We've, we try to understand where that person is in their journey, where their reality is, and we connect to it and try to make sure we bring them back to life a little bit and give them some, some good days. So you are one step ahead of me on the questions today because um, you just mentioned our dementia care programming, connecting realities. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that programming is and the benefits that we've been seeing with that? Yes, the, the programming is really a Montessori type approach. So we try to create spaces within the environment of our units that connect with that person's vocation, where they grew up. Um, Something, you know, we really try to, number one, understand when they walk in the door who they are, where they came from, as much as we can learn about that person. Then we try to work through programming to connect them to where their reality is. And once we figure out where they're at, you know, where they're at in their life or where they're at in their vocation, we can make that connection and, and they become much more animated and we can really connect when the family comes in or when we're there, we can connect with that person at a level that they can connect with us at. We, we know where they're at in their in their disease process and, and their reality, if you will. We also want to make sure that we create an environment where we don't presuppose that everybody has to get up at 8 o'clock and have breakfast in the morning. We have people that might have been a farmer that get up at 3 or 4 in the morning, and if they want to get up and have something to eat, we're going to, we're going to prepare it for them, and we're going to treat them as we're not going to change, make them change and, and meet our times and dates and everything else. We're going to meet them where they are. So giving them the best care for what works for Absolutely. their schedule and, try and to, trying to keep that normalcy from what they're used to yes. um, when they do come in to live in our communities. And we were working right before the pandemic with Ohio State University, and we were able to prove that we could eliminate certain, um, not really, um, I'm looking for the right word, it's not really outburst or anything, but um, we were able to eliminate a lot of behaviors, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and get reactions. them and reactions and be able to put folks in a, a much more calm state and 
and almost eliminate it completely with, with individuals through that programming. So that gives them a better place of being. Do you have any stories that you can share with me about the Connecting Realities programming? Um, I know, for example, there was the one with the driving instructor, um, just kind of how we learn a little bit about their histories and then incorporate Yeah, we had a gentleman we knew who, who was a math teacher. And really, that's kind of what he talked a lot about. So we had a nurse take a folder. We have a desk and an old typewriter from the 30s, a 10-key, and kind of an office setup from, from his genre. And she would put a 10th grade math test out. She'd do some of the problems wrong and leave it with her name on it. And eventually he found it, and he went and found her and says, look, Missy, we've got some work to do. You're not doing so well. So that became the activity for him was to sit down and work through those math questions. That's where we connected with him. We knew we connected with where his reality was, and we were able to build programming around that to keep him more animated and more involved and, and truly connect with him as a human being. So really making sure that our memory care programming isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. It's no. individualized to uh, each resident. Individualized to every person that walks in the door. So the more we can learn from the individual and their families, the better off we can be. We had a gentleman that, uh, unfortunately, his spouse left at an AMVETS or facility of the, of the like one evening. He ended up with us. And speaking with him, we found out that he worked at Wright-Pat. He liked aircraft. So we took a bunch of pictures, sent them to the print shop, and hung those on his walls. And now when you walked in, you could start talking about the aircraft, and it would trigger his memories from working at Wright-Pat and what he did, and we reconnected with him. So just a couple examples, but we have lots of those examples. Well, Scott, thank you so much for um, chatting with us today, talking a little bit about some of those different technology advancements we have at our communities and the, and the great things that we're doing for our residents there. Um, everybody, we will be back again in two weeks with another episode. If you have any questions or topics that you would like us to discuss, please email omhmarketing at ohiomasonichome.org. If not, I will see you again in two weeks. Mm-hmm.